Welcome back, listeners, to another edition of the DC Comics News Podcast. This is episode number 96, uh, and I will be your host this time. Uh, my name is Kendra Hale, and I am joined by my colleague, Brad Billicky. Hey, hey. All right. Now, there's been a lot of stuff that's been going on this week, and we'll go ahead and we'll start with movie news. And one of the first ones that I absolutely want to jump in on is Warner Brothers is going to be releasing all of their films in 2021, not only on HBO Max, but in theaters at the same time. And it looks like this is slotted to be, uh, I think it said 17, 17 films that they're going to be bringing to it. What were your thoughts on seeing that they're going to be basically doing a mass exodus of films into HBO Max? You know, as as a fan, I absolutely love it because it gives me that many more options because I live right outside of New York. So movie theaters in, still in the city are not open and they probably won't be open, I would say, the first half of 2021. So this this gave me an option to see some of these films. And a lot of these films were ones I was really excited about. Um, you know, anything from Suicide Squad, Matrix 4, uh, Conjuring, I mean, all these all these big movies that uh, Dune is another one. So having all another option for these big movies is is great. Uh, I just I just worry what that means for the future of movie theaters, because these are all pretty big releases. Um, you know, that that kind of makes me a little hesitant because uh, I, I do love going to movies in the theater and um you know i don't want i i don't want to have to lose that experience either uh so you know as a fan i'm happy but i'm a little trepidatious when it comes to the business side of things but i i think that that warner brothers in general must have thought it out in some way to make the numbers add up on their side because you know i i think that they they from what i understand they announced that um, that free month, you know, where you can sign up for a free month and then you get charged. They've done away right. with that. So if you want to sign up, you got to sign up right from the get go. And quite frankly, I, I think that that's perfectly reasonable when you see films this big coming right directly to the service, that that's that's worth paying, you know, the monthly fee to see these films, I think. So. Uh, you know, I um, so I guess on Wonder Brothers side, it'll work out business wise. I'm just a little bit worried about the theaters. Uh, what was your take? See, and that's where I'm excited, because like you said, these names like these aren't just like, you know, offshoot films. These are ones like, you know, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, God, Godzilla versus Kong, Mortal Kombat, even the new Space Jam. So, I mean, these are these are huge. These these are ones that, you know, would have in a normal atmosphere brought people in droves to the theaters just to see them. And, I mean, on one hand, I'm really grateful to see that, you know, Warner Brothers and HBO Max, they're actually using their business to to full potential while keeping employees, while keeping consumers, everybody in, in their eyesight on what's going on. And to roll out this plan, even though they're saying that it's only going to be for a year, at least for... You know, if there is a bigger picture and, you know, something does happen and this goes out further than 2021, at least they're doing a workable plan to get their content out there. Because like they said in the interview, what good is it doing sitting on the shelf? You know, consumers aren't seeing it. We're not having any kind of exchange, at least with HBO Max. They're, they're looking at a profit. And even with some of the theaters 
they might be able to because it's going to be diminished capacity but at least in some cases in areas they'll be able to use that yeah and you know you're you're absolutely right with people want to see these films it's not doing them any good just sitting on them um the more things get backed up the more crowded 2021 would be as a a year to release films and you know it's just getting it's just getting a little crazy uh, we've been waiting on Wonder Woman now for six months. I mean, it was supposed to come out in early June. So, you know, I think that t- the time has come where they had to make that decision. And um, I-, I do think that it-, it probably will go beyond 2021. If if it turns out that this is making them money and, and HBO Max takes off like they really wanted to, and with with a film roster like this, it probably will. If they can see that that this is making them money and people are still a little leery about going to movie theaters, I think that this this might become a norm rather than the exception going forward. So we'll see. Right, it's like a beta uh, test. It's yeah, like yeah. it really is because this is the first time that we're seeing somebody, you know, and it, it, I mean, it makes sense that it's going to be Warner Brothers, given all the, the titles they have access to. But it's it's them basically betaing it for the rest of the movie studios to see if this is actually something that's feasible for them to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the article that we got, this one for, you know, the, the columnist was like, you have to wonder how the studio will be able to put the genie back in the bottle. But you know what? Right. But if it works, why? There's, there's so many platforms that they could take it, and this opens doors for them. I mean... There are things that they can release that will be platform exclusive for HBO Max. And if things change and get better for theaters, they can always reserve some of the bigger titles for the movie theater exclusive, you know, as well. Yeah. And and one thing that I really kind of respect Warner Brothers for at this point is that they're not charging any extra for the movies themselves like Disney did with Mulan. Uh, now, though, just this December 4th, Mulan hit free on Disney plus, but you had to wait that, you know, that whole period of time. But the fact that they're going to put these out with no extra charge on HBO max is a really, is really a good thing for consumers too. Right. And that leads right into the next story, because like I said, we've got a lot of stuff going on with HBO max. I mean, they're really setting it up for content to be available. Not only are they looking to make sure that they have these movies being released in, in HBO max for 2021, but they're also having this massive plan of having, you know, nationwide content. So international DC shows that'll be showing up in Taiwan, Brazil, Poland. I mean, it's a huge, huge risk, but I think that it's only going to give them reward. What did you think about this? This is a huge announcement. I think this is kind of uh, kind of cool um, because if you look at um, a lot of the up-and-coming and and well-established artists in comics right now a lot of them do come from uh south america uh italy europe you know so there is definitely fans in in those parts of the world and in a way i think they're underserved so having these kind of specialty programs for them i think is really is is really cool so i'm all for it this is a, a cool idea Right. My only thing is I'm, I'm curious if if they're going to have access to everything, even the international shows on one main platform, or is it going to be where if you're in that region, that's the exclusive content that you get for being in that region and having HBO Max? 
I would say if I was a betting man, I would say that um, it would be like a region thing. Like you can watch it there. And I wouldn't be surprised if something really catches on and, and people really start talking about beyond the immediate audience that they would release it in other in other areas. That's just what I would that's what I would think. I hope so, because I mean, from some of the some of the exclusive ones actually sound really interesting. And the fact that they're DC, of course, we're going to want to watch them. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, moving from HBO to the other um, the other big headlines that have been coming out, we've gotten a lot of words that have um, that have come out for for Wonder Woman 1984, uh, starting out with the fact that the runtime has actually been released. And while we had Wonder Woman, the first movie clocking in at two hours and 21 minutes, Wonder Woman 1984 is actually going to give us 10 more minutes of content with it hitting two hours and 31. Um, and it looks like they're still still plotting on having it out not only on HBO Max, but also in theaters by December 25th. So I guess we're just going to have to run with that. What do you think about getting the extra 10 minutes? Does that sound? Oh, I'm all for it. Um, I could have used 10 more minutes to the first film, so I don't mind the idea of uh, uh, another an hour or sorry, another 10 minutes added on for this one. Um, and this is going to be a weird Christmas for a lot of people um, with COVID and it's going to reduce traveling. I think there's going to be a lot more people staying home. And I think that that um, having such a big tentpole movie to watch is going to it's going to help cure that kind of little loneliness that people might be feeling because they can't be around family. So I, th- I think that two hours and two and a half hours is is a really good chunk of time and heck I'd be happy if it was three. So yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm down for the 10 extra minutes. Uh, what about you? I mean, I'm in the same boat. I agree. It's going to be, especially after seeing what happened with our numbers after Thanksgiving and, and what happened with that, that kind of congregation. I think that this is going to be something that a lot of people look forward to. And I really, really hope that they are able to keep to that time frame. I really do. Cause I know that between you, me and Kelly, we've seen, conflicting reports on whether or not this was even going to happen so you know knock on wood that it does because yeah. um, i think that yeah i think that this would be a little beacon of light for a lot of people during the christmas season so i'm i'm right there with you um i mean and and, and to add on to that the next one that we get is some of the first reactions from critics have come out who have actually had the chance to see the movie uh, i mean and and so far from everything that i'm seeing it looks like everybody's excited. Did you did you see one one that had you kind of like okay that solidifies that I'm going? Well, I think I I have a thing with superhero movies, and I always think that they're only as strong as the villain. And I think you got and that was one of the things that was so great about Dark Knight. So you had such a great villain. So I think um, the better villain the more I'm going to enjoy it. And uh, I see one reaction here where talking about Pedro Pascal and Kristen Wiig and how Pascal goes all in on a wild portrayal of Max Lord. And I think a wild portrayal of Max Lord could be a really good thing for that character. So I'm, I'm all excited about that. And, um, you know, and that Wiig's cheetah evolution uh, throughout the movie is heartbreaking yet epic. And I kind of, you know, in a way I kind of got those vibes uh, from the trailers that we've seen as far as Cheetah being a tragic character. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, uh, I'm expecting, I'm expecting to like it by these reactions. Uh, what about you? 
See, and that's the one that caught me too, because I'm I'm super excited. See, for me with movies, I want to be able to see a character development. And the mm-hmm. fact that that's what it sounds like we're going to be getting with these characters, they're not just being thrown in there. They're not just being used as red shirts. They're being used in ways where it's almost like a game of chess. Not only do we get to see who they are, but we get to see their development and how how they're going to play out and what role they're going to play in Wonder Woman, which these being some of her like all-time biggest villains, I would hope so. But, I mean, I, I'm excited to see the score. We get, we get Hans Zimmer. I'm so excited. Oh yeah, yeah. To see what he's gonna do with the music in this movie, so I'm all for it. Now the last one we get for the movie news is one that has been all over my timeline, and I'm sure it's been on yours too because everyone seems to have something to say about this, and that is the fact that DC's Plastic Man movie is going to shift potentially, allegedly, to a female lead character. I'm just going to let you go. What were your thoughts on seeing this? You know, that's that's interesting that you say that because I really haven't seen it pop up that much. So, um, you know, I, I'm curious what you've seen and what people are saying. Uh, me personally, I I don't have a problem with it. Um, I, I think I'd have uh, I just want the tone of the show to be right, because I, I think that if done well, it could be a really cool balance of funny and really saying something in a quirky almost twin peaksy kind of way um so i i don't think it really matters to me whether it's a plastic man or a plastic woman um i just i i kind of want them to get the quirkiness and the weirdness of it right uh what about you well i mean and that's that's where it comes for me i'm in the same boat because i've seen that it can be accomplished ryan uh, ryan reynolds did it beautifully as deadpool mm-hmm. i mean it was that was a, a a character that was absolutely made for him and you could tell it every time you watched him do the character and from what i'm seeing it's just it's a lot of people that aren't handling it very well because they're like well if you wanted to do plastic woman why wouldn't you do a miss incredibles movie you know what i mean and for, for me, it's just like, it's not about that. It's all about, like what you said, they have to get the character feeling right. I don't care whether it's male or female. I just want to be able to, when I see them on the screen and I hear them doing their lines, can I picture them in any of the, the comics that I've read, in any of the stories that they've shown up in? Is it right? And, you know, that reaction, the whole, well, why just uh, Miss Incred- uh, Mrs. Incredible movie, that, that gets the whole thing wrong because Plastic Man does more than just stretch. I mean, he'll transform himself into airplanes and, you know, <laughs> just crazy stuff. So it's it's a lot more than just the idea of stretching. So to me, that almost sounds like whoever's saying those comments doesn't really understand the character anyway. And they're just looking for something to complain about. So it's just t- typical Internet trolls. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of it's, it's kind of I, I'm. I'm so done with all that at this point. Um, you know, I just just give me a good give me a good show. That's that's really what it comes down to for me. Right, and it's it's one of those things where it's just like you know what if people are happy about something like and and that's where it kind of we have a line as as reviewers and people who who literally that's like that's our job is to critique what's coming out whether that's the news the movies or the comics. And but you know what like any of us would sit back and be like, you know what, I, 
I may not have liked that, but that doesn't mean that you don't have to. I mean, I'm not going to rain on your parade. If you like this character or if you like this show, then go for it. You know what? Go all in. Be happy in your happiness. But you know what? It, it is. It's just trolls and it's ridiculous. I think that if they do it right and whether it's a he or a she, as long as the character feeling is there and it feels like it's right, I don't care. Yeah, absolutely. But that was it for uh, the movie news. And after that, we kind of we get into the TV, which starts off with a little bit of a of a of a bad one because we have the Flash that's had to pause production uh, due to a positive COVID test. And I'm glad that they did, but it I, I'm it's one of those things. It's something that we've seen coming up all year where we've had to pause production. And in this one. I'm sad because it's the Flash, but I'm grateful that they've paused it. What about you, Brad? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I feel the same way. Um, the bottom line is, yeah, sure, we want more episodes and we want to see uh, a full season released on time. But, you know, safety safety comes first. And, uh, you know, I, I just want them to be safe and, you know, take the precautions, which it seems like they're doing. And I, I, I guess a bit of a silver lining on all this is that, it seems like these kind of delays are happening less. So, you know, that's that's a good thing in a way, as we see in the wider world that, especially in America, cases are exploding. But it look, it, but it seems like with these productions, they've got it as much as they can under control. So, you know, we haven't had a, a COVID delay story in, in a few weeks it seems so maybe that's a that's a good sign but i just want everybody everybody to be safe now, what about you right and, and that's where i'm at that as long as they're being safe because warner brothers unfortunately isn't the only one being affected by these types of i mean you've got cbs that's being hit cw's being hit i mean it, it, it's anywhere where there's production and i'm glad to see that warner brothers exclusively since that's the one that we've talked about the most has been so on top of making sure that safety is their number one priority regardless of how small it is and it's just really really nice to see people paying attention and being like you know what there's even a hint that this could be going on we're just going to take the safer route rather than playing it you know free for all yeah yeah now the next one's a little bit interesting i'm i have to admit that i I have not heard a lot about this one. I've seen the article pop up a couple times, um, but it's Ava DuVernay teaming up with the CW for a Naomi series. And it look, looks like this was a character that was released just recently. Like she made her debut uh, in Naomi season one back in 2019 with uh, Brian Michael Bendis, David Walker, and illustrations by Jamal Campbell. Um, I really don't know a lot about this character, but for her to go for that quick of a transition, there's got to be some awesomeness going on. What do you know about her, Brad? Are you well, in the same I, boat, or do you know this I, I really, I like the character. I like, I, I like the series, and I think that the character's younger, and figuring out like a mystery of her powers and where she came from, kind of. So, it definitely would be a perfect fit for a CW show. Uh, it, it makes perfect sense uh so if you if you haven't read it you should i think you i think you enjoyed it it's 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 pretty fun um and you know i i when reading it i wanted it to continue and i think that they 
are there's going to be a season two in the comics at some point i think that they're planning so um i'm glad that that's going to continue and hopefully if they have a show that'll push them even more to get that season two comic running um but if you know and and well duvernay eva duvernay is great so i trust you know I, i trust her vision too so i think that um this could be good but uh, I, I get a little cynical because this seems like it's so early in the production of the show that it has a long way to go before we can say that this is definitely happening. So I, I do hope that, uh, you know, the stars align and it does, you know, it does get released because I'd be totally down. And I think I, the CW is the perfect, uh, perfect space for it. Yeah, this is definitely one I'm going to have to pick up because it, def- it like I said, Brian Michael Bendis and David Walker, I'm already on board. But I mean, it's it's really interesting to see that not only is like I said this coming so quickly to where they're wanting to adapt it, but also this will be one of the first DC related projects for the CW that's not going to be produced by Berlani Productions. So for them to not only be bringing this new style in, which like you said, she's going to have a good home here if, if it gets made, but for them to have a different production studio, I wonder if that's going to affect, because all of, not that there's not love for Arrow or Flash or, um, you know, any of the CW shows that they have, but they do have a formula that they like to work with. There's a very specific feel for them. So I'm, I'm curious to see if that'll change with the production team being different. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah, they can, it'll be interesting to see not only how, you know, you were saying that that kind of formula and how that fits into CW, but where will this show fit in within this within the Arrowverse or whatever they're calling it now? That kind of right. remains to be seen. So I'd be curious about that as well. Right. And speaking of Arrow, that leads right into our next story because David Ramsey is um, setting himself up for not only acting but directing across the CW verse. Um, because as we know, Arrow has completed its run. Um, but David Ramsey, who plays John John Diggle or Spartan, um, he's not done. They're looking to put him into several different shows um, as that main character that he'll be featured on through Superman and Lois, Supergirl, Flash, Batwoman, uh, even Legends of Tomorrow. So, I mean, for me, I'm glad he's not going anywhere. But what do you think about this one, Brad? I really... I... <laughs> I always like it when um, the cast of a show really gets along and you can just feel that in the show. It makes for a better show. And um, Arrow and the Arrowverse shows in general always had that. So I love the fact that that family can stay together in a small way by having him come back in a few episodes as well as a director, uh, you know, that 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 the family doesn't have to disband all the way. So I love that he's going to be involved. Uh, it it kind of it, it's Walking Dead. Walking Dead kind of does the same thing. Um, the actor who plays Abraham and I can't think of his name off the top of my head, uh, but he his character is is dead. But he has come back and directed episodes for some of the different spinoff shows. And I think even The Walking Dead itself. So it, it's kind of cool to you know to see that community stay together and that they can still work together. And he's got such a good understanding of the shows and how they work and, and the whole world that, you know, it, it's a perfect idea that he would uh, that he would direct. 
Uh, what was your take? So, yeah, I think I'm in the same boat. I love seeing when when people who have worked for shows for so long, they almost want to, you know, up the bar for what they can do. They're like, okay, I've been been an actor for this long. I really want to try behind the camera. And I love seeing that happen because sometimes when that, that, that does happen and you move them behind, you get things out of actors because they're so closely worked with that you wouldn't normally with anybody else. And they make for some of the best episodes. So I'm I'm entirely excited to see what he's going to bring to the plate. It looks like he's set to direct uh, five different episodes between Supergirl and uh, Superman and Lois. So that'll be really cool to see what he's able to bring out of the actors for those episodes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, with that, TV, we didn't have a lot of news from there. I mean, we had some really good pieces, and I'm, I'm glad that we got to discuss those. But now we'll move into comics. And before we do that, we'll take a small ad break and then be right back. This is Seth Singleton from DC Comics News, here to tell you about the Spinner Rack. Each and every week, DC Comics publishes so many great books, it can be hard to decide where to invest your time and money. And that's where the Spinner Rack comes in. The Spinner Rack is my honest attempt to rate, review, score the top five books from DC Comics each and every week. How can you listen? It's easy. All you have to do is go to your favorite platform, subscribe to DC Comics News Podcasts, and wait for the new episode to load up. Join me each and every week as I sift through the best from DC Comics and pick my top five books. Can't wait to share them with you and to hear your scores when you share them with us right here on the DC Comics News Podcast. First, there was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I Am The Night. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the night. Hello listeners, this is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. Picture this, someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. A complete ultra-comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or dummies. Part of the Comics in Motion Podcast Network. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Three, two, one. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? 
What have we learned from this crazy show? Making bat shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Ogre. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nuts. I definitely do not that. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f with Lois Lane. For f**k's sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. Alright, ads over, we're back. We're going to go ahead and jump right into the comics news, because there's a lot of it. And I know, for me, this is usually my favorite part. So, the very first one that we get is DC has rescheduled Wonder Woman's 1984 variant covers for January 2021. So, 19, uh, Wonder Woman 1984 will debut Christmas Day, and then in January, we'll start to see these beautiful variant covers come out for the comic. What are your thoughts, Brad? Oh, this makes sense. Um, you know, um, I'm glad we're still, we're still getting them. And um, it's, it's an interesting time to put variant covers because it's, um, they're going to have to be on the future state issues, which I don't, <laughs> don't think they exactly were you know planning on or thought that that would be the most ideal but i'm glad that we're still getting these variant covers and pushing it to january rather than coming out in december is kind of a good idea too because it'll give people more of a chance uh to see the movie and if they go happen to go into a comic book shop because they saw the movie afterwards and they see these wonder woman covers it'll draw them to them to maybe want to pick them up and and uh start reading so yeah i think i think it makes sense i think it's a it's a good idea and i'm kind of anxious to see some of these uh what was your take i'm in the same boat i i do see that these are going to be more on the future states which i don't i don't know how i feel about that but i mean i know for like like for the wonder woman the wonder woman's uh future state that that makes more sense for me but for them to kind of throw them on the flash harley quinn batman I mean, just basically putting her on all of these. I don't know. I, I I probably wouldn't for me as a, as a buyer. I'd probably get the one on Wonder Woman just because it's Wonder Woman. But I don't know if I would I would get the ones that were the, the, the Wonder Woman variants for Future State if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I would want I would want a Harley Quinn Future State cover, not a Wonder Woman. So mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I'm, I'm excited because the artwork is absolutely gorgeous, and the artists that they got for these. I mean, they've got they've got Art Germ, Stanley Lau coming in. I mean, I'm Frank Cho, J. Scott Campbell. I mean, these are huge names, and they do wonderful, wonderful pieces. So, I mean, maybe, maybe yeah. for the artists, but I would really rather see them on Wonder Woman titles, not everything. Yeah, maybe they'll know. put them in a book of some sort somewhere down the line. It's part of like Probably. a Wonder Woman um, graphic novel or or something. So. All right, like do a do a cover art gallery. I would love that. That would be cool. Yeah. Um, and the next one is one I'm really kind of excited for as well because we have, um, they've been doing at DC a lot of these prequel books. I don't even want to say prequel because it's not really a prequel, but it's it's more of like the beginning of of major characters. And we've already seen that with uh, with uh, Mr. Reason Nora, and we've gotten that with Harley Quinn. 
uh, with Breaking Glass. They've got one coming out for Poison Ivy, um, Vines and Roses, or Thorns, forgive me. Vines and Roses was a different one. Uh, but this one's Thorns, where it talks about Pamela Isley being just a young girl and, and, and it being a young adult. I know it's one I'm going to pick up. What about you, Brad? Yeah, I I really, you know, you know, I'll I'll fully admit that I'm not the intended audience for these DCYA books, but I really I really enjoyed them because they're such like tight, concise, self-contained stories that you know, I find that it it really works well and I like these new reimaginings and I think that uh, Poison Ivy is an obvious choice for one of these YA graphic novels uh, to me because I think that she was always uh, there was always a deep sense of alienation I think with the character in um, you know to relating to plants more than people and in a lot of ways and I think that there's a lot you can do with that as far as like a coming of age story and just not being able to really relate to people and I think that that's something something that every you know teenager can can relate to so um yeah i, I think this is going to be a, a pretty fun read uh, what was your take see i'm in the same boat i mean i know i know we're not the target market but it doesn't mean i'm going to enjoy it anymore um i like that this is something that they've done because they've started doing the um the grade school books as well i like that they're trying to to dip their feet into different pools and create content that is for a different market because that helps bring in fans and these are easier stories to bring them in on than it would be to do like like some of their biggest ones heroes in crisis is one that throws up real quick that i would not necessarily let a child read that mm-hmm. yeah so it's nice to see that they're going for content that is more marketable towards the younger generation while still maintaining what these characters who these characters are not what but who Mm-hmm. And I, I really do like that, especially with I, I'm excited to see what they're going to do with her. Yeah. Now, the next one, uh, let's see here. DC hints at another animation to comic books, Jump During Future State, which is going to be Red X coming from uh, the Teen Titans animation into comics. And from what we're seeing here and what was let slip, it looks like this is going to play a pretty big part in the Future State Teen Titans line. Uh, what do you think? Well, I wish I was more familiar with the Red X character. And, you know, the the whole big thing about this article was it's going to be this kind of mystery thing that's also not only Red X, but somebody else. So I I feel like I have more of an idea of what that all might mean if I was more familiar with the character. Um, uh, I I like the character design. I like the the costume going off looky fashions here, but... um, I, I dig the look of the character, um, so I can say that, but I really, I'm really not that familiar with Red X, so um, I'm kind of going to let this unfold as I read, uh, as I read the books. Uh, what was, what was your take? I think I'm going to be in the same boat, the same boat, because when it comes to this one, I've not been big on the animation when it comes to the Teen Titans. I don't think I've seen the movie where at the end of it he appears, so really the only thing that I get out of it this is what it tells me ex-student of the teen titans program that we don't know who it is yet so i think that it'll be fun to go into future state and see who this is like what part does he play and why why is he such a mystery like that's what i'm excited for they know how to do the little cliffhangers and be like okay but who is that yeah i mean it's 
I'm, I'm all for those characters making the jump into the comics. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, um, I think that I'm going to keep with the kind of fresh eyes looking on the character until I read the books too. Um, right. I think I'm going to like that introduction uh, a little bit better. Right. And this is this next story is one that I really wish we had Kelly Gaines on for, because this one would have been right up her alley. Um, DC is actually naming when we come back from, from the future state and the break, the hiatus in March, they're naming a new wonder woman creative team for when wonder woman gets the new title start. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on this, Brad? Yeah, I, I, this is going to be, um, the first of stories about what's happening after future state here. And it's all looking pretty cool. Um, I, I, um, where it seems like these creative teams are going to be coming right fresh from the future state books themselves. So it makes sense to keep them continuing on. And I really like, uh, Becky Clunan. So I think that she'll do a good job. So I, uh, uh, I'm excited to see what she does. And I, I, even though I have liked, um, G. Willow Wilson's run on Wonder Woman as well. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think uh, Becky will do a lot of cool things with the title. Uh, what was your take? I'm in the same boat. I like that it's got Becky Cloonan coming in, and we also have Michael W. Conrad um, with Travis Travis Moore doing interior and cover work. It's going to be a great team-up, and I'm excited to see where we're going to be in Wonder Woman's story. And, I mean, just the images themselves are already gorgeous. For um for the issue for 770, I'm just excited to see what they're gonna do. I mean, where are we gonna come out? Because this will be after Wonder Woman 1984. I'd love to see what their what their take on her is gonna be after that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we're rounding up here on the comics news. Looks like we've only got two more. Um, what I'm showing here, the next one is that the new Teen Titans Academy and Green Lantern titles are going to launch after Future State. Uh, along with the Justice League Dark Return. So it's showing us some of the titles that we can absolutely expect to see after Future State kicks off. Uh, are you looking forward to any of these? I know Justice League Dark is one I'm looking forward to. Yeah, that's the one that I'm looking forward to the most. Um, I mean, we, we've talked on this podcast so much about how we, I think pretty much all of us like Justice League Dark a lot. Um, you know, the way that Steve has um, really cheerleaded for that book i think he got us all reading it and we all really like it so um you know even though it's a different team i think that, it, that the fact that the book's continuing is going to be good um you know and, and i think my excitement for the other titles it's not that it's not there but i think it's going to be the fires of that it's going to be stoked a little bit once we get into future state and we see what's going on in like the teen titans academy and green lantern future state titles to see just how excited i get but if anything i think that these announcements about what's coming after future state is getting me even that much more excited for future state so i'm just really excited to to read some of these books uh what was your take right i mean and and looking at the last article here i mean it, honestly these two could have been rolled together and i kind of I feel bad about that because not only are we getting these ones where um, we're going to get to see Green Lantern come back, Justice League Dark come back, and then obviously Teen Titans Academy, we also are getting Suicide Squad and Swamp Thing. So these are these are really really exciting titles. Like to see that they're already setting these ones up for what we're going to be able to see once Future State is done. It, it is. It's exciting to see exactly how Future State is going to play out and, and to get these kind of rewards at the end of that. 
I mean, that's really the end of the comics one is just these huge titles being announced for, you know, this is what we're going to see. So these are kind of set in stone. And I, I, for I'm us after future state. Yeah. Um, and, I'm, and I'm very glad that um, we're getting a new Suicide Squad series. Um, because I remember when we first covered, you know, a little while back when they announced that they were canceling all these, the, all these series. And when we talked about that, I said that I can't see them not relaunching Suicide Squad when we have a movie coming out. So right. this makes this makes good sense. And I think that that's it could be a cool um, a cool way for new fans to jump on uh, with a new with like a new Suicide Squad series. So I think that that makes sense. And you know, a, a well-told Swamp Thing story is just a wonderful thing. So I'm really happy to be getting the Swamp Thing ongoing series again as well. And uh, you know, going back to Justice League Dark, he's he's been so great in that book. So uh, you know, having having a Swamp Thing book back on the shelves is a, is a, a great thing. Right. I mean, in these articles, they they give a lot. I mean, we, we not only get to see those, but it's also been confirmed by by DC that we're going to see uh, James Tynan IV, an artist, Jorge Jimenez. They're going to be returning with Batman. And not only that, but Tynan has a second Batman-related title with Gilliam March doing the artwork. I mean, these are huge names. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's going to be exciting to see where these pick up. And like you said with Suicide Squad, of course they're going to be bringing in a new title, especially with the, the film coming out uh, in August of hopefully of next year. Yeah. And, you know, and that's, that's cool too, because it seems like, I think that, you know, we, you know, we've, we've jumping back to the film thing for, for just a second, you know, we've talked about film delays so often, it seems like, you know, well, it's just never going to get released. It keeps pushing back. But right. with the fact that they're putting it out on HBO Max makes that seem like that's going to be a more set in stone release date. Right. And, and the one thing that grabs me in this one is that they say one character is missing and it appears to be that Harley Quinn, who's been a, a mainstay in the suicide first since yeah. New 52, is no longer going to be in Suicide Squad. Yeah, I would, you know, if they time it out right, um, they could almost, well, I, I guess we'd be a few months behind. I was thinking that they could have the first, like, collected trade of this new series by the time the movie comes out, but we might be like a few months behind that, but right. that would have been kind of cool. But that whole first arc could have dealt with finding what's up with Carly Quinn. But at this point, it's just fun to speculate because until we read what's going on in future state, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Right. And that's the thing. That's, it's, it's all just speculation, but it's still really cool that fans of these series are able to pick that out and be like, okay, but wait a minute. <laughs> Where's Harley? Yeah. And who knows? Maybe maybe that's why we're getting speculation because maybe she's she's stepping back and we might be seeing something happen with her series. Yeah. So yeah, we, exactly. That's what I was thinking is that we don't know what's going to be going on in her books, so there could be a very obvious reason why she's not in the Suicide Squad. Right, and that might happen with Future State because she is one of the titles that is going to be coming out with Future State. So it'll be exciting to see what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, but that that's everything. I mean, we've pretty much dissected all of the news that we we have, whether that's the movie, TV streaming, or comic book. 
Was there one one that, that stuck out to you, whether good or bad, that you were excited to talk about today, Brad? Um, I, I I think overall, I think the movies being released on HBO Max is the story that really hit me the most. And I just because I'm, you know, I, I, I'm very excited that I'm going to be able to see these movies <laughs> because some of these I've been waiting on. And, you know, it's there was still kind of unknown whether they'd even be released next year. But like I, you know, I, I think that if, if they're going to put them on HBO Max, that makes it that much more definite so that. So I'm I'm psyched about that, and um, I I really intrigued by the idea of the Naomi series, and um, I'm I'm happy that the Wonder Woman buzz is good so far from these early reactions. So, and the fact that we're going to see what's coming after Future State is also interesting. So I think there was a lot of good stuff this week. Yeah, I think we kind of got a little bit spoiled this week because normally it's all like, oh, there's been pushback. Or yeah. <laughs> series that you know been delayed, but we we got a lot, a lot of good stuff. I mean, I know that we we talked a lot on the, some of the other podcasts about how we were worried about what was going to happen with HBO Max, especially with the the delays that it took to even for them to be like, yes, we're going to continue Harley Quinn. So it's nice to see that not only are they they embracing the fandom, but they're expanding. And they're doing so on an international level. So, yes, that one is absolutely exciting. And I, I really like to see that DC, even though they've, they've kind of put their neck out a little bit with these young adult books, that it's that it's being well-received. And we're getting fans of the series, which is causing more com- conversations. I really, really like that. Yeah, so I think I, that's my favorite. Yeah, I like that. I, I, I totally agree with the you know, about being excited about these YA books being so well received, it, you know, that they keep coming and they keep coming pretty frequently. Um, I don't, you know, we certainly, if something like uh, Raven or Beast Boy wasn't as good and successful as it was, we wouldn't have got something like uh, uh, Nora and Mr. Free, you know, that that book either. So I, I really like that these are, you know, that we can continue to to get these books released. Right. And I, I hope I hope that in, in the future, what we'll see, uh, like with Naomi, is that we see some of the, the lesser known characters getting their time to shine because many, many characters deserve that. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm biased. So I'm really glad that we've had Harley and Mr. Freeze and Nora. And now we're going to get Poison Ivy because I, I love the Gothamites and I love the villains. I love seeing their beginnings. But mm-hmm. there are many, many characters that could be tapped on. And I really hope that these continue to succeed. So we can see some of those come to light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. That has been us for this one for uh, the DC Comic News Podcast number 96. Um, go ahead. And Brad, where can everybody find you? You can find me writing news and reviews at DC Comics News. Uh, you can uh, find me also on the Mad Love Harley Quinn podcast, part of the uh, DC Comics News uh, podcast network and you can follow me on twitter at uh, flickyb1 and where can people find you i can be found on twitter at devour all words i do news and reviews pe- review pieces for not only dark knight news but also dc comics news as well um, i can be found with you brad and uh, the rest of our colleagues on whether it's this podcast the dc comics news one or on the mad love um and if you guys have enjoyed this conversation, if you've, you've, you've liked what we've talked about, you like hearing the news, 
You can find us on anywhere that you can find streaming, whether that's Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, sure, anywhere that you listen to these podcasts. And we can be reached on social media from Twitter to Tumblr, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, so just search us out. And saying that, we'll go ahead and we'll close it off and sign off with our favorite saying, read more comics. Have a great day, guys.